With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The ones he got ridiculed for, which is really weird, it's just the, the, the stuff that at the beginning of last year, he started posting all the weird videos of him kissing his dog. So, sorry, what? When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. It's Alex from the Different Podcast here. Uh, This is a breakdown by Mario, who is uh, at m.slb on Twitter, uh, runs the Benfica After 90 podcast. Go check him out. He's a very, very nice guy. Brilliant analysis and insight and uh, anecdotes around Tavares and Benfica more widely. Uh, Really interesting listening. Um, And yeah, we recorded this a couple of days ago. Tavares has now signed. He's number 20. Um, And that will go some way to filling the hole in my heart from being the only person in the pub wearing a Bukayo Saka shirt last night. Uh, more on that in a podcast tomorrow. Until then, enjoy this and peace. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners. Welcome back to the Different Knock podcast with Alexander Moneypenny, my very good friend Bradley Adams. And as we are doing a deep dive into Nuno Tavares, 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 I'm about to be educated on what it is. We have Mario from Benfica After 90 here. Welcome, yes, Mario. Thank you so much for being Welcome. here. Appreciate it. Very excited to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate the invite. No, no, not at all. I, I literally just slid into Mario's DMs and he was very, <laughs> very kind, very gracious <laughs> uh, and said he'd come on. So yes, Arsenal, we, we're recording this in the past and assuming that Nuno Tavares will have signed for Arsenal when this comes out. Uh, so we want to just go and have a kind of Benfica fans perspective, have a look at him. He's obviously a bit of a relatively unknown player uh, in in England or certainly in Arsenal circles. Relatively unknown to me. He was a new name to me when he came out. Um, but before we do that, Mario, I just want to find out a bit about you. I mean, how did you get into Benfica? You're, you're, a, you're a Canadian. Tell me all about it, man. How, yeah. did, it, how did it all happen? Yeah, I... Uh- Born in Portugal, uh, and I came to Canada as, as a young child. And uh, it's one of these things where I was uh, born a bifiquista, I guess you could say. My father was a bifiquista, and away you go, right? Um, Mom liked sporting, uh, but I picked the right side of the track because uh-huh. that's the one that wins titles, right? Except <laughs> last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm a huge fan, obviously, of the sport, like you guys. Um, obviously, followed the Portuguese Liga quite closely, but living in Canada, we get huge English exposure. So. Uh, you get a lot of coverage of the EPL, so I'm very familiar, obviously, with what's happening in that league. And, um, yeah, uh, the Bifika After 90 is a, a show where mostly it's it's three of us. It's Luigi out of England. He's out of Reading. Uh, we got um, Alex out of California and then myself. I'm just outside of Toronto. Um, and one thing I'll have a little fun with, and, and my buddy Alex, when he does hear this, he'll, he'll get a laugh. There's an American commentator in North America because he's in the U.S. when he watches Bifika. 
And anytime Nuno or we have a bunch of Tavares's, but he says it's the exact same way you just said it, Tavares, which cracks yeah. us up. Like no tomorrow. So yeah. that's when the running joke is uh, on our show. We kind of uh, go, it's Nuno Tavares, you yes. know, just to have fun with it. But <laughs> yeah, t- t- Tavares is the uh, right side of saying it, I guess to say. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that is the first thing I wanted to come to because I realize I am massively anglicizing his name. So would you give us, can you, can you speak Portuguese, Mario? Yes, yes. Amazing. Would you give us the correct pronunciation of this man's name, who I'm not going to say again? Yes, no worries. Uh, Nuno? Uh, Nuno's easy, right? Uh, Tavarsh. Tavarsh. Okay, cool. Tavarsh. Perfect. That's what, if you're doing it, maybe. Yeah, that's the easiest way of saying it's a great it's a great accent there's a video going around of this guy talking about his which you've probably seen talking about his his yeah. portugal team and you hear is it derek ray who says bruno Fernandes and all that sort of stuff it is yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we can we, we can do that um no i really appreciate you being here man and thank you thank you so much for for edifying us on that um so first <laughs> first things first tavares tavares i'll call him tavares for now just to just to make your friend happy yeah. um Yes. Tavares uh, is a left back. He's two-footed. He's 21 years old. Um, talk to us a little bit about him sort of overall, how he came through, his background, your first impressions of him. What are your takes? What is your overall feeling on Tavares? Yeah, it's uh, okay. Mixed feelings. Uh, I will say that much. <laughs> and I'll give you a bit of the, a bit of the history, but um, a kind of funny situation where Two seasons ago, we had three Tavares come up. We had uh, uh, David, Thomas, and, and Nuno. Uh, so all at the same time from the, the Youth Academy. Uh, so we were kind of joking uh, about the various uh, players. He's an interesting player, plays left back. He's been featured on the right a couple times. Um, a little bit more with his left foot is kind of what he plays with. So I find um, he is better on the left, though. Um and he's come up to the academy. Like he spent, I think it was 2015 when he got here. He's a young kid, so he would have seen the like of Ruben Diaz. He would have seen uh, many of the other players. Like he, we would have had Ederson and, and a bunch of other ones. Um, one thing that Bifika does have a claim to fame on, at least in recent times, is their academy. They've won a lot of awards on it. Mm. Uh, so if you look at a lot of global talents, whether you're looking at Jean Felix, whether you're looking at Oblak, uh, Ederson, Jean Cancelo, uh, Ruben Diaz. Uh, you had Lindelof, that plays at United, that came from there. Um, there's just been a, a big run of it, like guys like Renat Sanch and so on. Uh, Bernardo Silva. They seem to sell that. players well as well. Sorry to cut you off. Like Benfica yeah. always seem to sell players at like good prices. Yes, and and that's actually what where the first controversy happened, and nothing to do with Nuno. Like it wasn't his fault. Uh, but we had a few years in a row where it was just. One year after the other, we kept one-upping ourselves. Like, we got a huge hit for Oblak, then Ederson. Renat Sanch was a huge amount of money. We got Juan Felix was a fortune, how much we got for him. And it almost got to the point where bring him out of the academy, give him a few games, and we're, we're looking at 50-plus million and for a very inexperienced player. And that was just happening ridiculously often. Um, and we have some issues on the presidential side of how the clubs run because the club doesn't have an owner. It's fan base run. We got a president. Anyways, I'm going to spare you the, the long story of what's happening on that side. But long story short, um, the dollar signs have gotten way too caught up on it. And so two seasons ago, our introduction to Noon, Thomas, and David uh, Tavares, all three of them, uh, was the fact that all of a sudden uh, we have our team. We go into the, the, the season itself. Then we go into the Champions League. And out of the blue, here's Noon Tavares and all the Tavares just playing. They hadn't played a minute at all with the first team. They came straight from the B team. And it almost 
really rubbed the fans the wrong way, and it's not the player's fault. It's the fact that the president was just seeing this window shopping opportunity of Europe. And it's, that's just not the way you treat the Champions League at Benfica. That's not the way we're supposed to act as a club. We have a big history. We also understand the financial dynamic that's happening in the modern game. But at the same time, you treat it with a bit more respect. You just don't pull kids out of the youth academy for the first time playing with the team right into the Champions League against uh, you know Leipzig or like a decent side, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... Um, they played well, but you're throwing these kids into the fire, first of all. So the results obviously weren't the greatest. Um, and it kind of really irritated the fan base. It irritated even the squad itself because you have your starting 11, and all of a sudden your main marquee match, you're bringing guys that have never played before, and it was very blatant that you're just trying to flip them for money. Uh, so that's he's gotten good experience in that sense. He got a, a little bit of playing time two years ago, obviously a bit of European playing time and so on. Uh, we had a lot of turmoil on our squad over, about two years ago, and so it resulted in a massive change last year. Our main uh, left back is Grimaldo, uh, the Spanish um, individual. Um, very good left back. Uh, only reason he's still at Bifica, to be honest, is any time a, a club was going to pay a big fee for him, he had the unfortunate situation of getting a, a knock or an injury. That got people to cool off on him, so we've been lucky in that sense because I swear every transfer window right before it hits, he has an injury. I don't know if it's somehow planned, whatever it is, but I'll take it. Um, but he's one of the better left backs we've had in many years. So very hard to crack that position. So unless he was injured or we're arresting him, that's the only time Nuno was getting some minutes last year. Um, we had a, a situation where our primary right back got injured. The guy we signed as a backup right back didn't work out as planned at all. So Nuno started finding himself getting some minutes also on the right from time to time until we found a, a better suitor there. Um so yeah, he's a utility player in that sense, and he's been a neat player to have off the bench. And and I would say in general, we, we had high hopes. Uh, the kid shows potential, um, but he's in that young raw stage, right? Like, I, I don't think he was. If you look at Ruben Diaz and some of these other guys that kind of popped off and just showed up on the eleven, took control of it, and just got better with each minute. He's not there yet, in my opinion. He's still very, you know, he might have a game which he has a great performance to get very excited about, and then you have a game which it's atrocious. And you're like, okay, the kid's too young, or maybe he's not working out, or whatever the story is, right? So he hasn't had that fortune where he's just popped away like all the other guys have. Fascinating. That's um, um, Mario, you know your stuff, man. Uh, so I've, so, I mean, I have so many questions that come out straight away. I mean, <laughs> yeah, go so, for it. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, so he's come up, he, he comes up in this sort of, Group of three Nuno's or uh, sorry, group of three Tavares says he comes up yeah. as part of a, a long history of uh, the youth academy at Benfica. Where does he sit in that? There's a lot, you know, for Arsenal, there's, you know, Bukayo Saka, there's always questions of a sort of, you know, or where does he fit in with, you know, the Wilshers and the, the you know, the Fabregas's, although he wasn't technically through our academy, but we'll take him. You know, where, you know there's always these, these conversations about who's the big, who's the best graduate and all that sort of stuff. Where do you think... Yeah. Tavares sits in that conversation like is he is he someone and especially obviously because his introduction to the fans wasn't maybe uh as you say not through the fault of his own but maybe the most um productive for his development where does he sit in in that conversation uh and it's I feel bad saying this Tim but I, I think he's far away from from the main list just because in the last couple of decades um you know Think of David Luiz, Di Maria, just the amount of players that we have developed out of the academy has just been insane. Like, 
if you look at Portugal's uh, youth uh, youth system, like whether you're looking at the under 21s that just went to the finals and lost to uh, uh, the under 20s, under 19, and so on, we've won actually quite a bit of tournaments on the national side or went to finals, and the core of it's been Bifika Youth Academy. So. Um, he unfortunately he's played, uh, but he's not had the luck to kind of any time it's come for those tournaments. He hasn't been on that, that side, um, so I wouldn't rate him as like a top ten of any side. Um, I will say it did surprise us in the sense that there was the Arsenal move. We expected him to leave though, and not because of a transfer fee, because if you look at the price tag, it isn't like what you're typically accustomed to seeing out of our like if we're selling players, we usually try and sell them for a decent amount. This was more of a decision to be made to get rid of the player. Mm. We need to get him out of the club. Uh, and who's the taker? Who wants to take yeah. him in a sense, right? Uh, so I was kind of surprised to see Arsenal bite at him. Um, and I do kind of feel bad in a sense because our academy does have a very mm. good reputation. And I hope he doesn't kind of ruin that reputation. Not ruin it, yes. but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Put a marker yeah. on it where I, I, just, I wouldn't expect like the next you know, top EPL player initially. Maybe he can become one, but initially I don't think he's there. He needs a lot of work to get there. Mm. So before we get into him statistically, what he's like on the pitch, you know, specifically in terms of his how how he is on the grass, what is it about the Benfica Academy? Like, what what is it? You know, is it a, a really good leadership? Is it a great structure? You know, there's lots of kind of conversation about you know club DNA and Arsenal DNA. And every time I look at a Benfica fan page or I hear about you know even watching your videos, there's such a a kind of overwhelming. Um, sense of identity in terms of being a Benfica fan and a, and a follower and what which, is it Benficaista um you know being sorry I'm probably butchering that as well yeah, but yeah you know it's all I mean. good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are but it's fine um the the yeah I mean what is it about the academy and what is it about Benfica that that makes it that kind of special club I, I would say that the, the most important thing to me and the way I explain it to anyone here in Canada when they ask about the difference because you, you know they get more exposure to the EPL and they will look at clubs in the EPL are looking at an Arsenal or United and so on and go, well, you know, what's the fanatical feeling at BFG? How does that happen? And it's like, well, we don't have an owner. And I'll, I'll say this much. We've come across many opponents. I'm going to give a lot of credit to, to Arsenal fans in the sense that of all the opponents we came across of last year in Europa League against Arsenal, it's the first time we faced Arsenal outside the Zebby Cup many years ago. The amount of Arsenal fans out there was a bit more eye-opening. Not, not saying that there, in my mind there was less. I knew Arsenal was a big club in England. Uh, but I know a lot of Chelsea fans, United fans, things of sort. But when we faced Arsenal, the amount of Arsenal people we got connected with uh, was quite impressive. <laughs> uh, so I give a lot of credit there, which was neat. But the, the uh, it led to a lot more conversation and learning about Arsenal. And the one thing I know you guys hate is the ownership structure, or there is a, a oh, bit of God, a rub there. Please. Obviously, what what gives yeah. you that impression? We love them. Yeah, no, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> eh? uh, and uh, he doesn't have a good reputation in North America either because he has affiliations here. But I, oh, yeah. the one thing about that I always would say that makes Bifikisha's um, special is that, again, we have no owner. It is our team. We're so I'm a socio. I'm a member. I pay each year uh, an amount. I live in Canada. I can't go to the games. if I, I'd get a slight discount if I went because of it. But we vote for the, the leadership. A lot of the people that work at the club, directors, people that work on in the kit room, name different departments, whether you're selling, working at the concession stand or different parts. They are all club members. They're all kind of part of the same machine. We're all in it together. If we make money, yeah, we got to pay our bills. We got debts, things of sort. But there is no owner extracting money out. It's just for the ecosystem, right? So it's more of a DNA. It's more of a community thing. It's um, in Portugal. There's three main teams. Bifica's being the bigger one, but you have Porto and Sporting, and all three are structured that way. And it becomes a very cultural. What side of the area are you on? Um, 
So that's big. So that, that's that's from an identity standpoint, it's huge because uh, well, when the team wins or or fails, you're part of that. Like you had a say in, in picking the president, the president had a say in picking the manager and mm. the players. Um, we built this academy. We had a manager that wasn't using the academy. Uh, one thing that set out the fans, Bernardo Silva, was a gem of a player on our B team. Everyone knew it. All the fans saw it. We'd watch him. Uh, and we had a manager that didn't like using youth. So he got rid of Bernardo Silva. He had no interest in him. He wanted to convert him to a fullback. Bernardo Silva didn't have an interest in that. So he loaned him out to Monaco. And he was considered excessive player that we just didn't need, which is ridiculous. But that led to fans being agitated. They made their voices heard. And then the club changed their direction and said, okay, we got to hire managers that use more of this academy, which led to more of these players getting used. Uh, so it's kind of neat because you, you, in a way, our success is partly to blame for the fans, but our failures are also our fault because sometimes we get overzealous we get over you feel more of a part of it i think yeah if that's like i'd love that because you you are so interconnected to your club and i think one thing that can be levied at every single premier league club nowadays is no fan is truly connected to the people that run or own the clubs anymore it is kind of like these big businessmen and that's what's hurting the sport as a whole i feel i feel one thing right now the angst at our club is that the ownership, the ownership structures in Europe have had good success in a way for the way they focus their money and how they've run. Um, and then some clubs are kind of mimicking it, and our president kind of seems to be trying to mimic some of the attitudes, but our fans don't like that. So obviously that's caused a, a whole other issue. Anyways, the academy itself, um, we've won a bunch of awards. Uh, they Years back, and I will have to give this current president a lot of credit years back when he did this, uh, sporting was dominating the academy system in Portugal. You think of uh, Ronaldo, Cresma, uh, all these other guys that kind of came up, Sean Moutinho, tons of guys that you've seen over the last like many years ago. Um, they came from the sporting academy. Bifica had a good academy, but sporting clearly was better. Um, so he made a big investment. It's not in Lisbon, just outside of Lisbon, on the other side of the river. A massive complex was built. You're talking multiple pitches, complexes, um, just in terms of the training facility, it's kind of fascinating. We've gotten players from Real Madrid that we've signed that we were able to get. And from decent clubs that come here, and one of the biggest things they say is the training facilities are something they're shocked about. Like you pick the biggest clubs in the world, and we team, we seem to beat them there. And that's where we took all of our transfer budget and just said, you know, training facilities, the the, the medical, the, the physio, um, coaching staff, things of sort, and that's made a huge difference. Uh, we're very big at hiring former players which you see at a lot of clubs, but just bringing them into the youth system. Um, and it's paid dividends. It's paid a lot of dividends. Uh, and then throwing a good mix of scouting where you're getting some really good talents from Latin America, young, so you're catching guys at 17, 16, out of Brazil, out of Argentina, that, that look like great gems. And you just create a very heated competition. Like I find our B team. So we have two things. B team plays in the second division, which is something we're one of the few teams that does it here in Portugal, but uh, they allow it. Then obviously there's a youth team uh, in various levels of it. Um, we have probably, you have your main team, but we could probably field five different main teams if we really wanted to. We just have probably, that's that's a negative we do have. Also, we have far too much talent. Sometimes we call it the shotgun approach where you're going to sign five guys, hoping one of them's the right gem. Um, but it kind of creates this competition. It's like you have just so much youth fighting for it that then you end up with a main academy that's usually very competitive, very tight, um, and it's paying dividends. In the last few years in the, the Portuguese national team, you're just seeing mostly our products on there, which is nice. Um, it's a testament for the good work that's happened there. Mm. 
Well, I suppose that I mean that kind of uh, it sounds promising for you know the fact that, that Tavares has got through at, 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 at that level with so, so much competition. So coming on to him as a player, yeah, I've got his stats here. I mean stats. Stats, stats are stats or whatever. It's just interesting as a kind of baseline. 14 matches uh, last season. Uh, no goals and no, and no assists in the, in the league. But the season before, we got 11 matches and a goal and four assists. Uh, he's made some appearances in the... I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. It starts with super. Uh, and <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, talk to me about him on the field. I mean, is he... What kind of player is he? You know, obviously watching... You doing some YouTube scouting, you get a sense of a, of someone who's two footed. You get someone who's dynamic, someone who wants to run beyond and overlap. Um, yeah, I mean, talk to me. What's your what are your observations? Um, again, young guy, strong guy. I think he can beef up a little bit more, but he he looks like he'll have a good physical presence, which is nice. I, I think he can get there. He's not fully there yet. Um, he likes to, to bolt up. You think of a your your typical. He's not like a fullback that's going to hang back. He's you know, if he could play a winger, he'd want to play a winger, but he's not good enough for a winger. He's a fullback. Um, and it's a bit of a jackal and hide where we've had games where he's throwing really great crosses, like pinpoint crosses in, and other games where you're asking yourself what the heck is this kid trying to do, right? And so that's where there's the rawness of him. It feels like you, you will see games where you, you go, okay, we got a talent here. And then you'll see another game where you go, maybe we don't have a talent here. So he's been very bipolar in that sense. Um and so I do like that. I feel he's versatile. The fact that you can plot him on the right and he was able to play well there. Um, he's better in the left back. That's just that's his position. Um, but he can play on the right side. And we did try a couple of neat things last year with him, which was um, I wish we did more of, to be honest. Because he was showing some promise and Grimaldo is our main fullback, we tried this idea of playing the two fullbacks on the left. And having them kind of almost like do this rotational position because Grimaldo can kind of almost play like a winger. So you'd have one jolt up and they kind of were rotating. It was, I don't know, you try this idea. It worked really well against Porto. It was a, but it was kind of something different I hadn't seen as much of. Um, so again, he, I think he's versatile in that sense. Um, and I do like him. A workhorse, a young guy full of energy. He's going to be bolting back and forth. That's one thing uh, I did like about him, which is the level of energy he had. Um, so he's not a lazy pr- player in any sense. Mm. There's been some questions about his defensive solidity. Obviously, the kind of the attacking side of his game appears to be one of his strengths. Is that would you sort of recognize that as well as, as kind of one of his weaknesses? Is it concentration? Is it positioning? I mean, what's what what's going on there? Oh, geez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. I think it's a, a mix of both. Uh, I think more so on the positioning side. I, I feel because uh, he likes to dart up so much. Um, then all of a sudden, if you get caught, you lose the ball. And mm-hmm. you got too many guys committed up front. He's bolting back. He has an energy to bolt back, but all of a sudden, it's a bit of a panic because obviously you've left yourself exposed in the complete one end of the, the pitch. Uh, that is the biggest danger. Like That's where we've conceded uh, a few goals when he's played is that he wasn't able to track back in time or he was caught unaware that we we're losing control of the play there and the ball was going to go. Um, 
And again, I still think it's that Jacqueline Hyde where he'll, he'll do well at some points and then other times he gets beat and you're, you're kind of wondering why don't you just like give it a little quick tap on the ball to get it, you know, take away the danger in a sense of the play. Mm. Um, yeah. And, but yeah. And you mentioned the suitability, suitability at right back. We have a situation at Arsenal where we Hector Bellerin right backs of, and none yeah. of them are really good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird one, but I, I think there is there is there's definitely a possibility or something that I'm kind of coming to terms with of Arteta essentially using what would be probably T and E Gabriel. It looks like someone like Ben Ben White, and then having a right back who sort of suits the game. We we saw last season against West Ham, Callum Chambers came in for his aerial aerial dominance. Beforehand, we've used Cedric. Uh, there appears to be a bit uh, sort of a level of um, adaptability, especially at right full back. Can Tavares play there? Like, is that is that something you said? Perhaps he doesn't look that comfortable. How strong is his right foot? It's it it could be better. Like, I find it, when he's on the left, his crosses in are, are just far better. Hmm. I find the accuracy levels a lot higher when he's on the right. Um, he can play well, um, but you find his tendency to hesitate to use the right at times, and you'll see him where he's booking it on the right. It looks like there's an opening, and then he'll try to switch it up so he can use his left. Yeah. Whereas if you knew it was a proper right-footed player, that he just yeah. you're up there, throw that ball. The timing's there, and it's it sounds silly because we micromanage too much as fans to an extent. You see that two seconds of hesitation to switch your foot. In real life, obviously, man, the guy's a wonder. Still, he's doing far better than any of us have in real life. Um, but it's that moment of hesitation at the professional game that it gives that center back a couple extra seconds yep. to just position himself, and you kind of feel like the window gets lost, right? Mm. Um, but he can do it. He can throw balls in there with his right. He, he has the ability to do it. It's just a, uh, if you ask the guy, he's probably going to prefer to be on the left, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I guess with us, like Arsenal, especially like our situation being that our left back position is very set. Um, I wonder what you kind of think about his, because obviously there's been question marks over his attitude with that video coming out. Uh, I wonder how you think he's going to be able to adapt to being that obvious second choice option and in a sense we're not going to have a lot of rotation in that left because we I don't think we will tend to play that three at the back system anymore so I think it is going to be that set four with Tierney at the left back so I wonder what your opinions are on him being able to deputize for somebody after the events of said video and I don't know if anything else has come out yeah no I think uh this is a reality check for him, in my opinion, him going to the EPL and going to Arsenal. Uh, at the end of the day, Grimaldo was our starting uh, left back, and he was riding the bench for him. Um, I think there's an ego issue where going back to the academy and how many guys came on and burst through, and they're able to kind of own a position, deserve to be on the 11 and earn a ridiculous fee and, and go on to other things in life. Whereas for him... If you ask any fan, do you want Grimaldo or Nuno starting? Everyone wants Grimaldo. You want a healthy Grimaldo because he's our main left back and he, he's quality. He's going to get you higher quality balls. Uh, he's smarter on the defensive side. He's just a well-rounded fullback. He's a great player. Uh, and we all go, well, hopefully one day Nuno keeps improving to such a state that should we lose Grimaldo to the transfer market that he can step up and hopefully fill those shoes. That was always the hope. Um, and so I think going back to the academy and seeing so many of his colleagues move on successfully and he just couldn't break through. I don't know if that created resentment with him or what caused it. Uh, and the video in general is him having one too many drinks with, with a buddy of his and uh, the guy's trash talking Grimaldo saying, get rid of that Spaniard so my boy can get some minutes and yada, yada, yada. And Nuno's agreeing. And they're just going on maybe, obviously things you shouldn't be saying as a player. 
uh, and it kind of ends up with, well, if I can't start here, I'll go elsewhere kind of thing, right? And so that's why we found the Arsenal thing a bit comical because in our opinion, it's like you're going to go ride the bench is what mm. you're going to go do. You're riding the bench here, coming on when you know you need a cup games, league games, injuries, things of sort. Um, and unless there's a miracle that happens, I think you're going to be doing the same thing at Arsenal. Um, but at the same time, I do feel because he was with us since 2015, again, he's a young guy, six years, academy, expectations, egos aside – I think when you go to the EPL, you're going to a different country, different language, uh, you're around different people. I think because there's just so much of the youth academy dominated for the last few years, there's maybe a higher level of confidence these kids were having. And it's something that's been notable the last year or so. A lot of fan base was complaining that it seems like the Eagles were getting too big out of some of these kids. Um, and you still got to know your place. You got to still develop. You still got to get experience. And you just, you know, it's still the, the laws of the sport apply, right? Um, so it, it might be a good window for him. I look at Renat Sanch where he killed it at Benfica, did amazing, did an amazing Euro with Portugal. We won the Euros, won the league. He was just a stud, right? Goes to Bayern Munich. He wasn't cracking the 11, had a horrible loan stint in the EPL. And I think he came with that massive ego. It popped and it was a train wreck. Now he's recovered himself mm. in France, right? Like the, he won the league goal against PSG with Lille. He's having, an, you know, he had another great Euro. So guy's only 23 and, you know, he, he looks like he's reviving himself. I think Nuno Tavares had that popping moment with us at the end of last season. So now does he do what Renat did at Lille and rediscover himself? Or does he do a, a season or two where he has to kind of get that ego checked or not? So um, I'm curious about it. I think the price tag... Obviously, it was just a message of we just want him out. So um, I think it's a good deal. For, I'd say more for your side in a sense because it's not that big of a price tag. So if he doesn't do well, it's not yeah. breaking your bank, yeah. right? It's a fascinating um, one. I mean, what's your instinct on that? Because, you know, th- this video came out and it's difficult, isn't it, at 21 to know, and especially from an outsider's perspective, how much that is representative of an attitude, how much that is representative of, as, as you mentioned earlier, sort of resentment. And, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that you describe it as an ego-popping moment at the end of last year as opposed to a different time with, with um, Renato Sanchez, who he might be joining up with. Who knows? Um, oh, I love I love. Yeah, I, I, I saw that, him. which was, like, crazy. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. That, that lone stint in Swansea was just... Yeah. Yeah, it was a you, nightmare. Eh? What's your in, sorry, sorry. what's your instinct in terms of uh, that attitude? Because you know, for me, and again, completely outside perspective, and that's why it's so brilliant to get yours. And thank you so much for your contribution so far. The he knows, you know, Tierney's just he's twenty four. He's just signed a new contract. It feels to me from an Arsenal perspective that this is essentially he's coming in to be a sort of an analogue to Tierney. When Tierney came out of the team last year, we looked like a completely different side. I can't remember if Tierney played against you, but basically we almost had to change our entire system to, to sort of fit around Tierney. Same with Laconga, who's coming in from Anderlecht to play for party. It's it's kind of basically, you know, deputies. And it's a very clear role that he's taking up. Do you think we're heading for disaster? Are there other rumours of, you know, this kind of ego and this kind of... Um, this kind of problem or do you think we might be seeing the last of that sort of thing and he might sort of settle down and be a bit more professional? I hope so. I think the challenge with him and it's a challenge for a lot of young guys and it's heck in every walk of life is social media. Um, and one where it actually started to an extent that video was the, 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 the conclusion of his train wreck with social media, right? The ones he got ridiculed for, which is really weird. It's just the, the, the stuff that at the beginning of last year, he started posting all the weird videos of him kissing his dog. 
And I know yeah. people like their pets. <laughs> you know, they like their pets. So, sorry, what? Uh, oh, <laughs> you haven't you seen this? Oh, God. Oh, God. This is bad. This is actually what kind of rubbed people the wrong way is you had these, you know, people kiss their animals in the mouth, which is, okay, that's that's not my thing, but whatever. Weird. Um, yeah. And he was doing that with his dog, and, and he got kind of ridiculed for it, saying, what the heck's wrong with you, buddy? And he got mocked by a bit of the fan base, too, right? Because it's like, it's a bit off. And then there is another one that came out where it's like they're deep throating each other. It's just the grossest thing I've ever seen. Like it's like you're borderline. Gross. Like, like I'm shocked the guy didn't get arrested for that kind of video. Almost like you're kind of you're just like, what are you thinking? And that led a lot of people at the club and the fan base to question his judgment. Um, he did not see many minutes after that that other video that came out because like you gotta you gotta learn a stay off the internet and B, don't do that shit <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, don't put it online if you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Just don't do it, period. But if you're going to do it, exactly. whatever, man. Maybe it's good. That you, um, so there's that weird vibe that kind of hit. And again, he wasn't our main guy Grimaldo was. So everyone instantly is like, yeah, he's weird. He's hasn't popped off like the other youth guys. We got that department covered. Let's focus on the other. Because we had a lot of big issues last year. So the the left back was one of the ones we were focused on as much so it's like yeah he can ride the bench we can care less and it, it just it, it was a very weird situation i think it resulted in a very odd mockery and like think of the epl if you had an arsenal guy that did that you're gonna have the chelsea guys the spurs guy, everyone's gonna have a field day with with yeah, so in, in the Liga nage in portugal that's gonna be that's gonna be savage oh yeah you had the portishas you had the, the sporting guys they're all having a field day with them he basically became the target for all the banter from the rivals. And I will say the club didn't do much to defend him because at the same time, it was kind of like, what the heck are you doing? Uh, and he wasn't a main guy either, right? Um, so I don't know if that partly led to his disenchantment. You never know what triggered it. Um, but clearly, he has a challenge with social media. The video entail was a, the one guy was recording it. Looked like he had one too many. And the guy's the guy he's with is talking trash. Nuno's with him, nodding in agreement with all the trash talking. And he chimed up a little bit, right? So this is the thing. It's like stay away from the bars and just very careful who you surround yourself with, right? Mm. Um, and that's where I, I wonder if the change of venue, going to a different location, going to another place, meeting new people, um, if that will help, right? Like yeah. you, you got to – I don't know if the camaraderie in the locker room was there or not. Like you saw he did an apology, a public apology online afterwards, and he saw some of the players popping up on the comments saying it's all good, yada, yada, yada. Um, but clearly the fact that the players felt they had to kind of dis- almost discuss it publicly, mm. it was just, mm. it's, you just don't normally see that. At least yeah. I, I feel I, I've never seen it at our club and I don't, you don't see it many other places. Mm. Uh, so the kid just has to learn about that. Right. And I, I don't know if he has, and maybe the new venue will help him. Yeah. And this, if not, he'll get ridiculed pretty quick. Yeah. This day and age that I think that, that could even stick. Cause you know, there's no, there's no shortage of Chelsea and Spurs fans trying to find things to take the piss out of us for. Um, oh no, they're, 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 they're going to use that video. Yeah. I guarantee you're going to see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 pe- it's unfortunate. It's the perils of social media. Uh, Mario, just a couple exactly. more questions, man. This has been so enlightening. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, thank you for this. There's, this is yeah. so cool. there's a, there's a guy at sporting called, uh, <clears throat> Nuno Mensch. Who yes. oh, well done, is yeah. kind of is kind of the star, and he's not had his international call up yet. 
it's difficult, isn't it, to 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 compare them. Obviously, this is definitely an Englishman's version of oh, there's two Portuguese left backs who are quite good. Maybe one, you know. But do you think there is a, a certain pressure of Nuno being, you know, touted with moves to Man City? He's called up to the Portuguese team. Do you feel that rivalry, or is that just is that complete? Is that completely off? Oh, there is. There is always a. It's funny with Bifica Sporting and Porto more. I'd say Sporting and Mifika produce a lot of the talents in Portugal. Porto has always been really good at the scouting side. They've recently started trying to invest in the youth system. Um, but especially with Sporting and Mifika, you know, it's like, let's say, Spurs and, and Arsenal or Chelsea and Arsenal, things of the sort, right? You're your city rival. Um, there is a huge, like, from the media, from the people, from the clubs, like, we produce a center back, they produce a center back. It becomes a pissing contest. Who actually got the good center back? Even if both of them are equally good. Bruno Fernandes, what we had, we had Pizzi. They had Bruno Fernandes at Sporting. Uh, Pizzi won more MVPs, you know, so we'd kind of always mock, you know, uh, Sporting. Sporting was in a very shitty financial situation. They had to sell. Uh, they had a gun to their head on the selling of Bruno Fernandes because to retain him after the incident they had a few years ago, they put a clause that if a club bids a certain amount, they had to sell, like I think it was $60 million or whatever it was. So if they didn't sell to United at that point, that following window, he could have got, I think, even less. Um, but anyways, it doesn't matter. what Bruno Fernandes is a de- decent player, but we, we trash-talked the hell out of him because at the end of the day, it's that rivalry, right? Uh, so there's that hedonist. Um, Nuno Menge is the guy that did it. Like, if you think of the young fullback on the left side, you know, give credit to the sporting guys. You know, he's the one that's popped up. He had an amazing season. I'll be shocked if somehow he's still at sporting this year uh, just because of their financial situation. I think that they, they will sell. Um but it's going to put pressure on him. He's going to want to be that guy, right? So there is. Uh, it's good to have that competition. For sure. I think it's very healthy. Mm. Final one. Portugal more widely in the Euros. Yes. What's your take? Any hot takes? Oh, what a... F- fuck, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So... How much time you got? I think, uh, yeah. So... Yeah, no... Uh, I, I couldn't believe that they conceded four of the same goal. That was... That was bad against Germany. I mean, the Gersons, I mean, they just played out to Kimmich. Kimmich swapped it and Havertz has had to tap it in. I mean, it was just, it was bizarre. Is Yeah, yeah our, our, big, our biggest thing was one, one we lost, Cancelo. Like, he's such a gem. Hmm. Nuno, uh, um, not Nuno, oh my God, Nelson Smidu. Had a lot of potential and it did not work out at Barcelona, in my opinion, at all. Um, he was not our main guy to start and it was that last second switch. The Germans exploited the heck out of that 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 flank uh and they did a great job at it um and it's unfortunate like there's the talk that uefa came out and says the referee when it was portugal versus france the penalty we got uh, that we suffered and conceded uh he called it incorrectly uefa's come out said he'll never uh ref another european game again in terms of a euro uh-huh. or major tournament representing uefa uh so he fucked it up if he didn't screw that up it would have been portugal versus england um, I'll respect England, but Portugal is your bugaboo, uh, I would have to yep. say. Just like, you know, every team has it. Uh, I'm not saying we would have won, but I'm saying it's just there is a, a certain mental... I, I really believe there's a mental mind game in this sport. There's certain teams oh, yeah. that get on every team's back. It's just so, that it just happens. Sorry to interrupt. Is that what you call it? A bugaboo? Uh, yeah. We call it a bogey team. I, I, you call it a bogey. You call it whatever you want. I just I just said bugaboo just to be fun, but yeah. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> I thought it was like a real term. Okay. <laughs> No, no, it's uh, it's more North, uh, North America. Okay. You might hear it, but uh, no, you wouldn't hear that in Portugal at all. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's. Um, I think the, the 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 biggest challenge we have right now, uh, and it's very infuriating to to the Portuguese fan base is we have this over gratitude to Fernando Sench, 
he won us the Euros. He 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 won that Nations League. Um, but the reality is, from the World Cup to this Euro, we just haven't performed anywhere to the talent. Like you, the, the, you know, Portugal's not a big country. The talent we have, like Andre Silva, was one of the top goal scorers in the Bundesliga. He's scoring goals against the Germans. We're having issues scoring goals with our forward, and he puts them on the bench. And it's like you're facing the Germans. He knows these guys. He mm. plays these guys. He scores goals against these guys. And uh, it's questions like that where he has favoritism. Like, Jean Montigny is a good player. He's still a talented player. He's getting up there. But he's been with the team, and he's loyal to the guys that got him there. If certain guys hadn't retired, he'd still bring them along. Like it's, It feels like he's, at times, starting the eleven with the same lineup and because guys have retired, he's filling it in with other guys they can piece in and he's not looking outside the box. I, I do think we have a lot of depth. I I think we squandered this zero. I think it's a cutthroat tournament. I, I, I love, I honestly think the last good thing in the sport is the way these tournaments are set up because it doesn't matter how good England is today. They could kill it today and a fluke goal can screw up. Oh yeah. And you look at France against the Swiss you look at the Netherlands, and and it's it's heartbreak, utter heartbreak when it's your team. I was devastated when we lost to Belgium. I think in the second half we, we did very well against Belgium. Uh, it's just we couldn't finish it. We did we did very well against Uruguay in the World Cup, right? It's just it didn't roll the right way. You didn't get luck. And I'd say in 2016 it was the opposite. We got a lot of luck in some of the situations that helped us, right? So you've had situations, and you guys are English, and you'd know the fact that England had a good team at one point in the past. They still have a good team, but like there's different points where they had really good teams mm. and real shit luck in some of the results, yeah. right? Um, I look at the Euro in 04. We lost freaking Greece in the final, man. Like it's just, yeah. I think they got one shot, one goal, and they won yeah. the goddamn thing, and we were on them all game. It's just, um, it is unfortunate, but that's also the thing why I love this tournament because I love the unpredictability. I love the dream. I love the fact that, you know, when I watched Switzerland versus um, Spain, was it Spain yesterday? Oh my God, I'm blanking yes. out now. It was Spain. Yeah. yeah, and it went to penalties and everything else. You're sitting there, and you're like, holy shit, these guys might pull it off. I'm not saying they deserve to advance, but it's just a fun factor of it. Uh, but back to Portugal, I think um, we got possibly, he's going to stick around, the, the manager. It seems like they're just way too much gratitude for him. So they're going to let him ride out to the world cup. It'll likely be Ronaldo's big hurrah, his last mm. tournament, um, whether he does it or not. The other thing I would say, one weakness we had, which was unfortunate. Um, I feel Bernardo Silva, he had a decent tournament, but I really feel he's fallen off at city lately. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. There was talks about him getting transferred out of, yeah, there's a point where he did extremely well at city. Great player. And, not a year ago, there was rumors about him getting sold. Pep Guardiola, they were talking about the whole Messi coming. They were talking about a swap deal with Barcelona, Bernardo Silva. And it just seems like he's not, I don't know what's happened, but he just doesn't seem anywhere near his peak level. And Bruno Fernandes was not good at all for us. And I think they, they kind of tried forcing him in. I don't think he was that good at all. Um, he was a bit late to start Renato Sanch and he started using him. I think Renato's like revived himself. Like how he was playing at the end of the, these Euros. Reminded, of, reminded us of kind of that gem he was, right? He's only 23. So if you guys get him, I'll be not saying he's perturbed. Right. I'm going to be saying it's going to be he a huge good. deal. I, I'll yeah. be shocked. But yeah. He's he's um, a crazy box-to-box player. But yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I feel we got this window. We got a lot of good youth coming up right now. Uh, so I think I'm very fortunate as a fan of the Celicelle that not only uh, obviously the recent winnings we've had, but it's the fact that uh, we'll, we'll field competitive teams yeah. for the next few years. 
next few tournaments. I hope we could do it enough because after Qatar, we actually get to host the World Cup in, in nice. Mexico, Canada, USA. Ooh. We're doing the whole. Uh, so it'll be kind of cool, cool to have a, a decent Portuguese side show up, and I'll, I'll go to Toronto to watch yeah. it, hopefully. Well, I'm, I'm hoping we don't have to face you. Uh, listen, Mario, <laughs> I'm very glad I slid in the DMs. Thank you so much. I appreciate this it. This has been amazing. I was, I was, Thank you so, so much. I was speaking to Brad earlier, and he said, can you speak English? And I was like, it's going to be quite a difficult podcast. <laughs> well, if... The thing is, is I, I had no it clue about going, this. I, I was just, I was just, Alex yeah. is absolutely the driving force behind a lot of uh, certain things. But yeah, no, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a blast. I, I can't wait to, um, I got to, I got to do, spend a bit more time checking out your channel and everything you guys do. Thank but, you. Uh, on our next show, I'll Plug get a show with you guys. Please now. Well, Plug yourself. On, Go on. I, I, ours is mostly on YouTube, uh, Bifika After 90, right? So... Um, an odd, I would say the, the biggest, which is really weird. I, it's because of the last year, the, the biggest following I have is from Arsenal fans on the English side. We have a lot of English Arsenal fans for some reason. Cause we did a bunch of stuff with some of their shows and stuff. Cause they're uh, fucking was, mental. That's why. <laughs> and I think it's hilarious. Uh, I just do think it's very funny. Uh, yeah. If you get after 90, what we tried to do is after every game, you know, obviously for the name, try to go on live raw reactions, they, you know, stupidities that one day will get my career ruined and uh, everything else that happens. <laughs> and um, we have fun banter. We, we, we try to bring on a lot of people from different parts of the world, and it's it's quite fun. Uh, Bifika is a really uh, big club globally, so we have a massive fan base globally. Uh, so it's kind of fun. We try to bring people from different parts of the world. And we've The first one, the most unique one I had was a guy out from Nepal once, which was really messed up of a show it's kind of a time zone <laughs> nepal is not an even hour it is an odd hour like it's oh. like an hour and so many minutes it's weird it's it's it was very odd anyways plus i think his clock is broken so i probably screwed <laughs> up <know. laughs> um but yeah it's uh it's fun it's fun i enjoy it uh we got a guy out of the uk louise so he's our, our english representative i guess you could say uh but yeah cool, it's man. uh i look forward to checking out the show and and uh, i'm gonna get all of our people to give it give you guys a, a look at it also and appreciate that man thanks for coming on i appreciate it and hopefully when arsenal not if when arsenal get back in any kind of european competition uh hopefully we'll face in benfica and we, we get can... a rematch i always feel like we've we've we end up facing benfica we've got the same stadium have you seen it it's literally the same stadium <laughs> in terms of design it's mad and the same sponsors and it, stuff. It, it is the, it is the, uh, we got fly Emirates. Yeah. It is the, for the Euros in 2004, they built our stadium and it was the same architect that Arsenal yeah. hired to build yeah. the exact difference. The only difference between the stadiums is because we're close to the airport in Lisbon, the red arches are a little bit tighter to the top, whereas yours are a little taller. That is the only that difference. Is you can niche you, knowledge that <laughs> if you do a, th- you do a 3d tour of the damn stadium, and you blank out the, the Bifika logo and the Arsenal logo, you'll have a very hard t- time telling which pitch you're on. That is niche. Uh, which is well, funny. Especially with listen, the Emirates and all that shit. It's comical. Listen, Mario, thank you so much again. We yeah, appreciate man. you coming on. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Keep a different knock. Yes. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.